Welcome to this episode of Syracuse Speaks, The View from the AHL, a Syracuse Crunch-centric podcast for Raw Charge. I'm your host, Alex Ackerman, and let's get started. So I've thought long and hard about the format that this podcast is going to take for the regular season, because being in only our second season, our first season was kind of an abbreviated preview that was developed at the end of last season and then throughout this past summer, I haven't actually been doing this podcast when we've had a hockey team to watch. So I've been thinking long and hard about how I want to do this podcast during the regular season. I don't want to take away from what Justin does on Raw Charge. I think he does an amazing job with his game recaps and his weekly editions of Crunch Corner. I do not want to just be a repeat of his information. I want to make sure that his material still has a place to shine, and I certainly don't want to be ripping anything off from him. Although, I'll admit it, he has taught me a lot. And I generally do end up echoing some of his ideas, though I do work where credit is due. But regardless, I think I have found an initial format for this podcast during the regular season. As of right now, we are going to be doing bi-monthly updates, so twice a month, usually somewhere around this time every month, like during like the first full week-ish and then again towards the end of the month. So we kind of have a beginning of the month check-in and an end of the month check-in. And each of those check-ins will feature some different segments, feature some different information. I'm gonna try this out and we'll see how it goes. Let's get to our first segment here. And it is a brand new segment entitled, I Was Wrong. I love it when this team surprises me in ways that I just didn't expect or predict. I think that, again, it helps me to learn as a hockey fan. I've been watching this team for 16 seasons, and I think it's pretty cool that there are still things that I don't know and still things that I am learning. So the last episode, I made a couple of predictions. And at that point in time, we were still in preseason. Things weren't exactly ironed out yet as much as they possibly could. And I got a few of them wrong. I'm not afraid to admit it. The first one that I screwed up majorly was the idea that Louis Domingue, who is currently kind of cooling his heels in Syracuse, waiting for a team to express interest in the way that the Lightning will agree to, wasn't going to play in preseason. My logic at the time was just simply that They wouldn't want to risk him getting hurt. He really doesn't have anything to prove. So it didn't really make much sense to have him play during preseason. But the crunch surprised me, and they actually had him play our entire preseason game last Sunday at Binghamton. And obviously there's no game report from the league that I can find. I didn't see the game. I know that... AHL TV had a free weekend this past weekend when Doming also played. So I honestly don't have any idea how he's been looking via the eye test. But Doming won that preseason game in Binghamton. He lost the the most previous game the Crunch has played, which was this past Friday in Rochester, their first game of the regular season. So they're kind of throwing him right in. And clearly they want to move him. I think that they're hoping that if they 
show him enough, someone will kind of figure out where he can slot in with them and he will be traded and out of the lightning's hair. I think it's actually kind of cool that they're going ahead and they're throwing him right in and they're getting him game time. From the crunch perspective, this doesn't really do too much to what's going on with our goalie rotation. We know what Scott Wedgwood can bring. He has been an opponent of ours. There's not there's nothing really to find out there. So with that, you know, it kind of is what it is. When he gets out there and plays, I, I we're all pretty sure he's going to be fine. You know, the same thing, Mike Condon is going to be kind of rehabbing his career here. He had some injuries. He's had some up-and-down seasons. So he does need to get out there on the ice eventually. Doming, he has shown that he has the right attitude. Is he happy about being here? No, he's not. And I don't think any of us can necessarily blame him. He has not said anything negative about the city. He has not said anything negative about the league. But the fact of the matter is he thought that he was an NHL backup with the Lightning organization. He thought that that's where his career was going to be for at least another season. And it has not worked out that way. I understand things from the Lightning perspective. I am not putting anybody down in this situation. But the fact of the matter is he has every right to feel the way he is feeling right now. However, he is doing and saying all the right things. Doming has always been a team first guy. There is nobody in this organization that is trading him because of an that, that believes he is being traded because of an attitude issue. I don't think this will be a problem. I think that he needs to show what he can do, and I think so far he's done a pretty good job of that. We'll see where this goes. I'm hopeful that he will find a home with a team that will play him and keep him in the NHL and wants his services, and I'm hoping it will happen soon. But until then, I honestly think that this is fine. So that was the first thing I was wrong about, and I'm glad that it worked out the way it did. The second thing I was wrong about was where Luke Wachowski was going to end up. And I was not the only one that was quote-unquote wrong about this. I was actually just listening to... Mike Gallimore's podcast, for those of you who don't know, he has a new podcast out that's called Nets and Bolts, and you can find it on almost all of the major podcasting networks. I know he's currently battling with Apple Podcasts, as people do when they have a new podcast out to get it on there. But he was surprised, too, about where Wachowski has ended up. The Lightning has found a way to keep him. And they have indicated to him, as far as I know, that he is staying up. The plan is not to send him to Syracuse at this point in time. And honestly, I think that this worked out the best for everybody. And I don't think it's a loss for the crunch. I think it's the Lightning's gain. They seem to be going with that fourth line. More power to them. And, hey, this is great. So I think, like I said, it works out for the best for everybody. In return, we got Luke Shen, who I think will be a great addition to our blue line. We also had forward Jamal Smith sent down the other day. The Lightning kind of snuck him through waivers without anybody really realizing, and he cleared and he sent here. There is some rumblings that we might actually see a forward called up in the coming days. The Lightning is at a minimum of 12 forwards right now, and they're about to go on a Canadian road trip 
So there's a chance that they might end up calling up a forward just to take on the road trip with them. But the crunch is going to be in Cleveland this weekend. So it isn't like the two teams are going to be super far apart, too. So if they did need somebody, Cleveland has a major airport. I have flown in and out of there a few times going to various places. So I don't really think it's that big of a deal. If we do end up losing a forward, if it's Smith, if it's Mitchell Stevens, I think that Volkov, if his injury wasn't causing a problem, I think that we could very well have seen him go up. You know, it doesn't affect us that badly. So those were the two things that I was wrong about in my predictions, and I am really pleased to be able to talk about them this week and kind of point out where I went wrong. roster moves that I've already touched on. Smith got sent down. Shen got sent down. Our roster, I think for the most part, is set. We actually might end up sending a couple of guys away in the coming week, depending on if Tampa does call up a forward and if Daniel Walcott ends up coming back this weekend, which there are rumbles that he is ready to go. He has shed the red no-contact jersey in practice. He practiced in a blue jersey for the first time since the end of last season when he ended up having to shut down his season again and go back for more surgeries. So he looks like he's ready to go. And if we get him back this weekend, we might as well see another forward kind of from the bottom half of the roster head on down the uh, turnpike to Orlando. And, you know, honestly, looking at that end of the roster, there's a couple of younger guys that I could see maybe heading on down. Otto Sampi could spend some time down, down in Orlando. I think that Peter Abendado, fingers crossed, I got that almost right, has shown himself to be very talented. But if it's playing in the first line down in Orlando versus tooling around on the third or the fourth line up here, maybe being a healthy scratch, depending on what's going on with the rest of the roster. They might decide to send him down to the ECHL even just for a couple of games until things settle out a little bit more. We'll have to see where that all goes. But for right now, I think our roster is pretty much where it's going to be for the majority of the season, of the season knock on wood. There haven't been any other major transactions. Danik Martell is here. He cleared waivers. Chris Mueller's here. And there have been some great things coming out about his leadership abilities and what he can do for this team in the last couple of weeks, which have been awesome to read. Corey Conacher's here. Volkov is here, but he's still rehabbing. I think he's still a week or two away. On the blue line, Cameron Gauntz came down. Cal Foote's here. Um, Snuggy is still here, so that's kind of cool. I'm wondering if we're going to see his contract be moved from a PTO to an AHL contract just because we don't really have that many defensemen waiting in the wings right now, so it might be good to have an AHL contract in him. Speaking of, just as kind of a little side note, I saw that Reed McNeil, who 
did really well on the Crunch's blue line two seasons ago, is actually back in the States. He was on a PTO with Charlotte, but they have released him, so he is looking for a job again. So it makes me kind of wonder if maybe we'll be seeing him again on an AHL contract. I wouldn't mind that. As I already discussed, our goalies are pretty well set. So overall, there haven't really been any major transactions lately, which is good. I think that it'll really benefit this team to get some stability as they start building into their regular season schedule. One of the things that our team doesn't have, which has generated quite a bit of conversation as of late, is a captain. And it's interesting because I'm usually one of the first fans that gets a little antsy when we don't have a guy with the C on his chest out there on the ice. A couple years ago, when Wachowski was captain for 19 games and then got called up, and then we didn't have a captain until March when Eric Condra was named captain, I was concerned that season because I really felt like we had a lot of young guys. Our veteran voices were present, but not as numerous as maybe I would have liked. And so I was concerned that season about going that long without a captain and definitely concerned about going into the playoffs without a captain. So I was glad that we named Condra, that we named somebody captain before we got too far into the playoffs that season. But I have to admit, this season I'm not really feeling too antsy about it just yet. I think that we have a really nice mix of vocal veterans who, even without a full leader in the group will help steady the ship until there is a captain named. Now, the fact that we don't have a captain named on October 9th or 10th, depending on when you listen to this, is pretty interesting. And a lot of fans, myself included, have come to the rather obvious conclusion, I mean, this isn't exactly a hard conclusion to make, that the coaching staff is waiting for Daniel Walcott to get himself healthy and to get out there on the ice and to see what he can do before they give the C to somebody. Now, maybe this has nothing to do with it. Maybe they don't have any intention of naming Wally D. Captain. I recently read an article where it was made very clear that nobody ever calls him Daniel, and I think I did that a few times in the last couple of episodes. So God forbid if he ever listens to this, I'm sorry, Wally, I didn't mean to call you Daniel like you were a naughty kid or something. Maybe his injury and his absence from the ice has nothing to do with it, and the coaching staff is really just taking time to evaluate guys like Mueller, guys like Gauntz, guys like Smith, guys like Conacher even. I think that Conacher's name gets left out of the captain discussion a lot, but that doesn't necessarily do his leadership capabilities justice. So it's very possible that the coaching staff is evaluating these guys as we speak and that the lack of Walcott on the ice has absolutely nothing to do with the fact that we haven't named a captain yet. Or the fact that Walcott hasn't been on the ice and hasn't been able to play in a game yet has everything to do with the fact that we haven't named a captain yet. Wally's presence in the locker room and you know his, his kind of quote-unquote town mayor status has been well established as I've said before the fans love him his teammates love him the organization loves him because they took a chance on bringing him back even after he only played what three four games last season 
that's a big gamble to take, that he is going to be healthy and stay healthy for the majority of this season. So, like I said, I don't think it's too far of a leap to make that they're looking at Wally as a potential captain for this team. Hopefully we will find out soon. I'm not really sure. It will probably depend on whether Walcott gets into a game or two this weekend at Cleveland or not. And then we will have to see what happens with it and where it goes. But I'm excited to see who's going to be our captain this season. tend to take it at a one game at a time pace. I very seldom know what's going on with this team as a whole from one weekend to the next, just in terms of keeping my sanity after almost two decades of watching this team play. It's kind of a defensive mechanism to only take it one weekend at a time. However, I think that there is something to be said for those who like to look at the schedule and who like to circle certain games on their calendar. Obviously, in the past, there have been games that I have circled on my calendar and looked forward to. The return of Krister's Gudlewski's with the Bridgeport Sound Tigers a couple years ago was something I very much looked forward to and had circled on my calendar. The return of Mike McKenna last year with the, with the Lehigh Valley Phantoms was absolutely something that I had circled on my calendar and was looking forward to. There are those games, but there are also other games that might stand out for different reasons that we might not necessarily be thinking of. So I looked at our schedule for the rest of October, and I kind of picked out a couple of different things that I thought would be just kind of neat to draw my listeners' attention to and just pay some word of mouth to. And the first game that I found was our game that's a week from today on Wednesday, October 16th, and it's the Crunch's first visit to Utica this season. We recently beat the Comets, or at least their play-by-play announcer guy and a hot dog eating contest nice work team so it's kind of like that was our preseason against Utica since we didn't have a preseason game against Utica this is our first regular season game against the Comets and it's coming up in a week seven o'clock in Utica of note and that team is that the Comets acquired Justin Bailey who was a forward who played last season and much of seasons past with the Rochester Americans. In fact, of his 214 games in the American Hockey League, only 18 of them have not been with Rochester. So Justin Bailey is a guy that Crunch fans are very familiar with. He is a name that we heard a lot whenever the Crunch played Rochester, and now he is with Utica. So it's just kind of one of those guys that we're going to want to keep an eye on, I'm sure, and I'm sure our defense is going to be aware of him. Another game that I think is going to kind of be a marquee game of this month is our home opener on Saturday, October 19th. It's hard to believe we still have another week and a half before we get to see our team at home, but that's how the schedule worked out this season. And the Crunch is playing the reigning Calder Cup champions, Charlotte Checkers, that evening. 
And I went through Charlotte's roster and just kind of took a look at their Calder Cup roster versus their current roster. And currently, as we speak, although I think one of them just recently got the call up to Carolina, they have 13 returning players from that Calder Cup winning roster on their current roster, maybe 12 if that call up is still in effect when Charlotte comes into Syracuse next Saturday. So this is going to be kind of one of those yardstick games. Yes, it's early in the season. Yes, our team is still kind of finding its identity. I know that that was one of the things that Coach Ben Grew harped on after this past weekend's game in Rochester, that our team has not yet found that identity, that they played like a team without one. That identity question was one that haunted the Crunch all last season. So, side note, I sure hope that they figure out what their identity is sooner rather than later. However, I do think that this is still going to be kind of a yardstick game. They have half of their team still that won a championship last year. We know from fractured but still experience how hard it is for a team to repeat. Yes, our situation was a little bit different. Yes, that 2012-13 team was amazing, and I still love them to pieces, and all of those things. But they didn't repeat. As good as they were, as potent as they were, they didn't repeat. Charlotte is well aware of how hard it is to follow up their performance that last season where they dominated this league with another league-dominating performance. On that note, as much as they dominated the league, the crunch was right behind them at the end of the season. So I do think that based on our own roster stability and some of the additions we've had, This is going to be a yardstick game. This is going to be a game where we are going to measure ourselves against a team that still should be really good. And on that developmental path, from what I've seen on Twitter and through putting together quick strikes for Raw Charge, Carolina is considered one of the forerunners to be really impressive this upcoming season. As we've seen with the Tampa Bay Lightning, that is what happens when your farm club wins a championship. You take those guys and you use them. And you use that championship experience to make your NHL team stronger. That's what this system is built to do. That's what this system is supposed to do. So that's going to be a yardstick game. Not only is it our home opener, not only is it... The first time that a lot of us are going to see this team. It's also against the reigning champs. And they're going to be pretty good. So just kind of something to keep in mind. The final game for this month that I just wanted to highlight was when Toronto comes into town on October 27th at 5 o'clock. It's a Sunday. I won't be there, but a lot of people will. Toronto brings with it, speaking of Utica, our old friend Darren Archibald. Archibald is a guy that we know very well because he spent every season since 2013-14 with Utica or Belleville. He's got a lot of experience under his belt and whenever he was on the ice for Utica, he always seemed to score or be involved in scoring 
against us. So he now with Toronto, who is always a pretty powerful team, a really good team, he's going to be someone that we're going to want to kind of keep an eye on. The Crunch released their promotional schedule this past week. And another thing I kind of thought that I would check in with at the start of the month is what the team was doing in terms of promotions for the month. Things that we should kind of be checking out, things that we should kind of be aware of. And for October, things are kind of quiet, but there is two things we need to be aware of. On that home opener on the 19th, the Crunch is handing out 2018-19 North Division Champions mini banners. So for those of us who have the two banners from the Eastern Conference Championship in 2013 and in 2017, it'll be kind of neat to add a North Division mini banner to that collection. The other thing that we need to be aware of is that our October 26th game is our Pink in the Rink game, and it's going to continue to benefit She Matters, which that works to make especially women who are disadvantaged, aware of health concerns and where they can go to get help with those health concerns. And this is a group the Crunch has been working with now for a couple of seasons, and they're really pretty cool. So it's, it's a neat organization to Google if you have a couple seconds. Um, our Pink in the Rink game is presented by Upstate Cancer Center, and I love that the Crunch is doing both Pink in the Rink and Hockey Fights Cancer with lavender jerseys separately because I think that they both cover such important things. Breast cancer is obviously a huge killer of women. And yes, Hockey Fights Cancer addresses breast cancer as well as others, but I also think it's nice that we don't lose that focus on breast cancer because I don't know anybody personally that hasn't been affected in some way, shape, or form by breast cancer. My grandmother had breast cancer. So, you know, almost everybody has a female relative or friend or in-law that has been affected by breast cancer. So I love that we are doing two events this season, and I, and I, I think we did it last season too that focus on those two different things. Because I do think that it's important that we don't lose the focus on women's health initiatives like She Matters and breast cancer research. I think it's important to keep that focus. And the other, you know, Movember is also super important. I, I like that we have kept these things separate. And honestly, Movember falls into that. We have kept that separate, the Prostate Cancer Care and Research Fund. We have kept that separate from Hockey Fights Cancer because we want to draw attention to these specific problems. So those are some important promotions that are coming up this month, and I'm sure that we're all looking forward to celebrating them with the team. Well, I think that's going to do it for this episode. I'd like to thank Eddie for the royalty-free track, Pure Adrenaline, our intro music, and Springtide for their track, We Are Heading Into the East, our segment music. As always, thanks so much for listening, and feel free to send me any questions, comment, or feedback, either at my Twitter, at Alovimo, A-L-L-O-V-I-M-O, or over on Raw Charge. See you next time.